Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, Derek Taylor, the voice of the Bombers, hops on to talk about the CFL schedule for 2023, including how the Bombers schedule looks. We're also going to meet the newest coach in Winnipeg Pro Sports. Mike Taylor is the coach of the Winnipeg Sea Bears, the new pro basketball team that will be starting up here next summer. We'll hear all about his journey to the peg on the podcast. Yesterday, the CFL announced the schedule for the 2023 season. To go over it, we are joined by the voice of the Blue Bombers, Derek Taylor, who has been watching CFL games. He's doing all his charts right now. Thanks for taking some time to talk to me tonight, Derek. Hey, hey, anything that keeps me from staring at this giant monitor, which is forcing my eyes to bug out and driving my optometrist bills through the roof, I'm happy to do it, brother. <laughs> what was? Let's just start from the, the league perspective as a whole. What was your main takeaway? Any trends you saw? Anything new in this year's schedule that jumped out to you? Well, I think from a fan's perspective, I'm super happy that they're not doing Toronto Place Hamilton four times in a five-week span. Things like that got super annoying. Uh Back-to-back weeks, for me, kind of got tiresome after a while. The Bombers went back-to-back with Calgary. They went back-to-back with BC. You know, that's to me, that's that's like a Labor Day banjo bowl thing, and we should try our best to keep it to that. So I think apart from three in the East later in the season, uh, there are no back-to-backs uh, in, in the Canadian Football League. The Bombers don't have any except for Labor Day, and there are none – there are no – non-Labor Day and rematch back-to-backs in the West Division. So I'm I'm super happy with that part, but uh, I'm sure you saw it yesterday. Once again, they missed just and they missed a marketing opportunity for the third straight year in a matchup they could have given us with Hamilton going to Calgary should the, the Bo Levi-Mitchell signing uh, happen. Last year, they did not have Andrew Harris and the Argonauts coming back to Winnipeg, and it's possible that... Andrew Harris doesn't play again, and that never happens. He never gets to play in Winnipeg after leaving the Bombers. I know that it's not set in stone that Bo Levi is going to go to Hamilton, but are we at the point now, Derek, where we should just, at the very least, everyone plays everyone home and home? Absolutely, and I kind of don't know why that happens. I'd love to, I got to talk to somebody at the league and find out why doesn't that happen? Uh, Because other leagues, I mean, other leagues get other leagues understand it, right? Uh, the NBA is going to give you the best matchups possible opening day and Christmas day. They're going to have monster matchups. The NFL, for example, Deshaun Watson, terrible human being, but he's coming back to the NFL after two years. He'd been traded from Houston to Cleveland. In the meantime, what his first game after his 11 game suspension was the Cleveland Browns against the Houston Texans entirely intentional because that's what we're going to talk about. Russell Wilson gets traded from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos. I'm, they played in week one, Denver and Seattle. You go, this is intentional. This is marketing. This is how we do it. To not have Bo, should Bo sign? He's been traded to Hamilton. Should he sign in Hamilton? To have Hamilton not go to Calgary, awful. Andrew Harris, like you say, may never play a game for the Argos in Winnipeg, awful. 2021, the Bombers and, and, pardon me, and the Red Blacks didn't play at all against their former offensive coordinator, Paul LaPolice, who had just won a great cup in the previous season with the team, didn't play against his team until 2021. It's th- these They're layups. These things are layups, and the CFL doesn't take it, and I don't get it. 
Yeah, part of the comparing to other leagues is t- it's tough in some ways because comparing it to the NFL because they've got a scheduling matrix. You're playing your division this many times. You're playing a division for the other conference. In the CFL, you only have nine teams, right? So it seems more simple. Hey, guess what? You only got eight other teams to play, 18-game schedule. Okay, so that's every team twice, and then you got these two extra games. All right, play the yeah. everyone gets their rivalry team one more time. So you play an extra game against Saskatchewan, great, and then an extra one against another one from your division. And this, I yeah. think, goes goes back to just get rid of divisions altogether. In the CFL, we oh. talked about that in the playoffs. It seems to just be getting in the way of of maximizing the potential of the league. All I want for Christmas is a one division CFL. I'm with you entirely. You can even take a like you take a note from the NFL of. NFC teams play the NFC, but every fourth year they play the AFC East, North, South. Right? They, they rotate divisions. You could just say, hey, eight, eight other teams, you play them twice, 16. This year you get BC, Calgary. Next year you'll get Edmonton and Saskatchewan a third time. Right? That could be the Bombers schedule. Just just have at it. Just let's – I don't I've – I've never sat down, and it sounds like a thing I would try to nerd up over the holidays, but I've never sat down and tried to build a schedule myself, but – I'm sure I just, it's not easy, to be fair. Oh, 100%. Like, absolutely, because you're dealing with, uh, the, well, the uh, the Bombers want this and the Riders want this. So we're going to take a Riders-Argos game and put it in the East Coast. And there's so many things to think about with building availabilities. And it's it's hard to, you try to avoid things like Hamilton gets a game on three days rest against a team coming off a bye this season. You would try like hell to avoid things like that because, that's just that's not a that's not fair to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And if they did that, they they had to be have no other options. Honestly, you've got to believe. But it, I just how how we can miss these just layups, absolute layups. I don't understand. All right, let's go to Winnipeg schedule. They open on Friday, June 9th at home against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Hopefully, it's a better game than last, this past season's home yeah. opener uh, because that was. Uh, uh, but. You look at their their schedule. They got buys, and I think pretty decent spots this yeah. year. Uh, what are your thoughts on on their schedule and how it all all the rest falls into place, and the fact that they go to Regina in week two this year? Right? How good is that? Three matchups against the Riders is always good. Uh, the first thing that caught my eye was how well they distributed home and away games uh, last year. What they played six of their first nine games on the road, and then six of the last nine games at home. This, I don't think they ever get more than one game out of whack. So I, I think that was that was really nice. Um, you get the three against the Riders, the one back-to-back. Like I mentioned, no other back-to-backs. You mentioned the buys, week 8, 16, and 19. Uh, 16 and 19, that would be great for anybody who's nicked up toward the end of the season, would come back with a couple of games to spare. And then I love, I love uh, their run-in with – it's too early to kind of tell who's going to be strong in the West, but uh, – like if Nathan Rourke is back, that Friday, October 6th game at BC takes on a whole different meaning. But they close with BC, Edmonton, who I still don't think will be very good, but Calgary in the final week. And you go, oh, if this plays out the way the league hopes it, those are, you know, the BC, Calgary, Winnipeg could could be teams battling for first place. Those could be real great games in the final four weeks. So uh, there, for me, there's a lot to love in the, uh, in the Bombers schedule. They never have, uh, gosh, they have one saturday thursday which is not ideal for them in week six and seven but most times they're getting a full week between games or at least five full days between games so uh and 
they have compared to their opponents more rest than any other team compared to their opponents in games. So I think for the Bombers, this is a fantastic schedule. Is there anything you don't like about it? Oh, is there anything I don't like about it? Um, I uh, they don't go to Toronto. Uh, what if Andrew Harris is? I mean, it's I. There's honestly there's not much that I don't like other than the thing we talked about. If they don't get every team twice, that's probably the only thing that stands out to me. Um, it's there's a game two days before my birthday, so I don't have to call a game on my birthday. That's I mean, what selfish else can you reasons. Want? There you go. <laughs> Entirely selfish. Yes. What do you think? Back to the league-wide scope of things. Early in the season, there are a number of Sunday games. The Bombers aren't involved in these, uh, but this is different. The CFL has tended to stay away from Sundays, just pretty much carte blanche till the playoffs, except for the Labor Day weekend. What do you think of the idea of extending the the weeks into Sundays? Oh, I, I don't mind at all. Sunday's a day that uh, the summer may well be different, but Sunday's a day that we associate sports fans associate with football, right? Because from September to February, NFL is on Sunday. So I, I, I like the thought of creeping into Sundays. I honestly don't know how long it's been since they regularly played on Sunday. I know Montreal used to like that Sunday noon kickoff. And, you know, football fans kind of wondered, why would you want that? Because the NFL is on. And if I'm going to watch Rakeem Cato or I'm going to watch, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers, that's, that's not a great choice. But, uh, I mean, I, I like the thought of it. I'm curious to see how it will actually play out. Like, you get, you, you have four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Your focus isn't split between games. You just get one to focus on. You know, double headers and triple headers can be fairly exhausting after a while, for at least for me. So, I, I like it. I'm curious to see how it goes for them. Yeah, weeks one, two, three, five, and six. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday across the board with uh, week one Sunday being Saskatchewan at Edmonton. There's a Hamilton at Toronto. These are all 6 p.m. Central time kickoffs. So no, none of those noon start time games that y- you referenced from the past. But you got a, a time where, you know, the, the league has tried to avoid conflicting with the NFL at all costs. But the summer, there's there's no NFL. So go ahead and go play on Sundays, right? Yeah. And I'm, I wonder... It- are they the spring leagues that are coming up, the XFL, the USFL? Are they trying to, you know, put a little stamp on their own Sundays? I, I'd be curious to know what's behind it. But, yeah, as, as a football fan, I, I like the thought of just being able to settle in for the one and you don't get the, that then awkward crossover of, oh, we can't start your game yet because the previous game's still going and, and we can't have two CFL games happening at the same time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see it. It'll be, it'll, be, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out if, if fans – if fans will attend, how it affects weekends are a thing in the summer for everybody, right? right. So, yeah, I, they're they're embracing it fully. The Bombers want Thursdays. Other teams want Sundays. Uh, more CFL football for me to watch. I like it. Yeah, I referenced the weeks. It's, it's, it's pretty much every week during the summer except for holiday weekends that they're doing that. And no doubleheaders, tripleheaders. It's just, yep, one game each night. I like that. Before I let you go, a couple signings recently by the Blue Bombers, Jake Thomas. And then today, Winston Rose coming back. He'll be on the show in about... Uh, 20 minutes time, but what do you think of that signing and, and Winston Rose looking for a bounce back season? How would you describe his 2022? I, I think it, I think we, I, as fans, I think we're caught off guard with the season Rose had, right? Because he was a guy who was in the NFL and came back and they win the great cup and he makes a critical play to, to end the great cup. And you know, yes, this, this team is, is locked on this boundary corner side. Uh, he started the season a little bit nicked up. He eventually gets moved to the other side of the field, which may be less of an issue as the, as this hash mark thing plays out. But it's it's a bit of a demotion. 
He moves back to, to his normal position when Demario Houston gets hurt. He got taken to the to the cleaners pretty good by uh, Ottawa in week number one. Interception return for a touchdown against Toronto, but we we really noticed you really noticed uh, he was the target of a lot of deep balls. Dylan Mitchell in the Edmonton game at, at home, and there were a few times where he went, "Oh, teams are going after Winston." So I was, I was very curious to see what the Bombers would do with that, and he turns out to be one of their first signings before I mean before the New Year even comes, he's back. So I think he's probably. He's probably hoping for a little bounce back. He broke his foot in the Grey Cup, so he's got to work his way back from that. But, I mean, between Winston Rose and Desmond Lawrence and then Dietrich Nichols will be back, uh, Jamal Parker will be back. Like, they're they're set up for some, some depth. We presume Demario Houston will be back from injury. They've got nice defensive back depth with this signing. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see it from Winston's perspective. Uh, I'll be curious to see how – if he can bounce back because it, it – it was a rough one for him. I don't have any cornerbacks in my database that allowed more yards or more yards per target than Winston Rose this past season. So it's, it's, yeah, I'm curious to see who, what the, what the true Winston Rose is. Well, Derek, we'll uh, let you go on that note, get back to, to charting. How many more games do you have to watch to be up to date? I think 10, Okay, but then you get, then all the tinkering starts and all the building of new stats starts. And, oh, I should really be looking at this thing. So, uh, I should be done somewhere around April 27th. I mean, you got, yeah, you have a, you have a lot of time before the season starts. You should be okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, Derek, have a good one. Thanks, buddy. It's time to talk about the Winnipeg Sea Bears. If you are in the position where you're like, uh, who? Well, I will remind you that the Winnipeg Sea Bears are an expansion basketball team. That was announced earlier in the fall. And the Canadian Elite Basketball League. And now they've announced who their first head coach and general manager will be. It's 50-year-old Mike Taylor, who has seen a lot of basketball in his time. The Pennsylvania native has spent this past year as head coach of the Fraser Valley Bandits of the CEBL. Before that, he coached Poland's national team for seven years. He spent 11 years coaching in Germany, spent a bit of time in the NBA's G League as well. And he joins us now on the CJOB Sports Show. Uh, Mike, how excited are you now that the news is out about your new gig? Oh, it's a fantastic feeling. I'm really excited about the opportunity. Um, obviously, I love the CEBL, the league, have had great experiences you know, out in Fraser Valley and now uh, with the BCLAs. Uh, really love the direction and, and the, the you know what the league is about, and also you know the fact that, that Winnipeg has, has a good basketball tradition. Uh, I think it's an outstanding next uh, expansion uh, franchise, and and I think that you know uh, I'm really excited to to you know kind of build the team up and establish that great foundation in Winnipeg for the first year. How much of the draw is the the fact that you kind of get to build something from scratch? Well, that's something I've loved at different stages of my career, whether it's with the Polish national team or club teams in Germany. Uh, I, I think that, you know, that's really an exciting challenge. Uh, you've got a blank canvas, you've got a blank paper, and, and try to, you know, put the blueprint together, establish that strong foundation, and, and really establish a winning organization. So I'm really impressed with, with David and Jason and, and everybody I've, you know, talked with within the organization. I think we connect a lot on, on um, different values levels. Uh, in terms of the way to treat people and, and you know, uh, the way to take care of your, the people in your organization. So I'm really excited to, to work with everybody, and, and hopefully we can create a team that, you know, the whole region falls in love with. 
let's go back a few years when you first came to the the upstart CEBL. What was it initially that drew you to come into Canada and give this league a shot? Well, I think that in pro basketball, there are very few coaching situations left where you have uh, freedom and opportunity to kind of coach your own way and do your own thing. You know, I have the experience in, in the old United States Basketball League, and that was during the era of the before the G League. Uh, and I think that at that time, the, you had the opportunity to kind of create your own system, build your own uh, team, and, and you had to be good at the X's and O's. You had to be good at player personnel. Uh, and I think that, you know, the CEBL is one of those places that you still have that opportunity to kind of build it your way and run it your way. You know, basketball operations these days are really controlled by NBA teams. So I think there's lots of flexibility, lots of freedom for coaches and general managers in Canada in the CEBL to kind of build their own thing. How would you describe the quality of play in this league compared to what you've seen coaching in Europe and really coaching around the world? Well, I think that the CEBL is is growing and developing. Uh, there's more and more talent coming in every year. I think Canada basketball is growing and developing, and that what we've seen, the strides they've made in the last decade have been fantastic, really impressive. I would, con- I would consider the style of play very similar to the, the G League right now. I think it's a very athletic, up-and-down league. I think you've got very good individual talent. Um, and I think just by the nature of the style of game, uh, that's, that's what it is. But of course you've got the unique Elam ending at the end, which adds tremendous excitement, um, throughout the entire year. So, uh, it's, it's a unique league. It's a great league. And I think it's a league that's on the rise. For those who don't know what that is, explain what the Elam ending is. Cause it's pretty cool. Uh, the Elam ending is wonderful. I mean, you know, you have, uh, basically a target time, um, in the last four minutes, the, the clock will stop and they'll put, you know, a target score up there. Uh, the clock will stop and the teams play to that target score. So in, in basically you're creating uh, a game winning situation for every game. So there'll be a game winning shot. There'll be a game winning free throw, uh, for every game. Uh, it's really a player's time. Uh, what we found as coaches is you can do certain things to help put yourself, your team in a position, but the player's decision-making and the player's execution really becomes a big factor. So it's a player's game. um, And I think it's really exciting for fans. Because one of the criticisms some people have of basketball is that the last three, four minutes can drag out with timeouts and fouls. And this kind of takes that away, right? Without a doubt, you know, obviously coaches are trying to, you know, strategize and and run special set plays and situations. Uh, And that can be one, one team taking a timeout to the next team taking a timeout. And again, it really, with Elam ending turns into a player's game and the players decided on the floor. And in many times, most, most scenarios, it's a game winning shot. And I mean, that's always wonderful to see. So why did you get into coaching? Take me back however many years it is to when you started doing this. Why coaching? Well, my dad was a coach. I grew up the son of a coach. You know, he coached at all different levels, and we it was just a great family connection. Sports were important in our house, uh, you know, and, and he coached our Little League teams and spent a lot of time together. He, As a coach, you know, I went to his team's practices, went on road trips with him. He would take me scouting. So I had these wonderful memories, you know, when I was young of, you know, being a ball boy for his team and, you know, all these, these situations, it just said, Hey, you know, when I get older, I want to be a coach like my dad. Uh, so, you know, after my college career was done, uh, I got into coaching and, you know, I always wanted to be a college coach like him, but I had the opportunity to go overseas and spend, you know, 20 years in Europe developing and, 
the thing that came with it was not only basketball, but the life experience was wonderful. So I'm very thankful, um, you know, and, and to be in all these different countries and all these different cultures is, is great, but I really have loved Canada. The people have been so friendly. Um, you know, the Fraser Valley was wonderful last year and I really look forward to the time in Winnipeg and, and getting to know the city and the people as we build up the team. Now, when do you move to Winnipeg? And I ask that because it is winter. <laughs> That's a great question. And we do love the fact that the CEBL is in the summer. Uh, I think we see the best side of all the cities in Canada during that time. Uh, but the plan is right now, after the BCLA windows, uh, I'm helping out with the Brampton Honey Badgers team, uh, really enjoying the experience there. Very good people involved. Um, you know, after those are done, I think, you know, when we look into the to May, right before the season, uh, we'll have a, a few weeks preparation time up there. Uh, to really, you know, uh, get everything in order and, and take care of business. So I think the target date is the beginning of May, and I'm really looking forward to, to getting started and uh, getting in market. So you'll avoid the cold then. Smart. Well, I mean, it's just part of it, right? You know, so uh, Winnipeg has is, is many great things to offer. Uh, I can't wait to get out there and see the facilities and meet the people, and I think uh, we want to put together a great Seabear team this summer. So how does the process go about in the CBL of, of figuring out who is on your team? Well, obviously it's recruiting, it's team building. Uh, so a network uh, comes into play, agents, coaches, friends. Um, I've, you know, my, my experience coaching overseas and, and having a feeling of different leagues and different levels, I'm able to track players and able to find players there. Uh, I think the, the fact that I was in the league last year uh, and have many connections and many friends in, in the league last year is, is great for the domestic players. Uh, but, you know, what's important for us is we want to try to have a, a Winnipeg feel, a team that the, the city can connect with, a, a team that, you know, players uh, are recognizable to the fans. Um, and it, what's important to me is that, you know, you start those dreams of the next generation. Young boys and girls can see professional basketball. You know, to this point, it's been uh, the Winnipeg Jets. It's been the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and, and the success that these organizations have had. Um, and, you know, for, for us, the opportunity to build that basketball brand uh, and have a, a team that the city can connect with. I think that's really important. So we'll, we'll go through all of our options. We'll try to build the best possible team we can. Uh, it's, ch it's challenging for an expansion franchise. There's certain things that naturally go against you in your first year as you try to establish yourself. But we feel we can find some great players that are connected to the region uh, and bring in some new faces that can really uh, make a difference uh, as we get ready to tip off the season. Why do you think it's important that a league like this succeeds in Canada? Well, Canada basketball has made big strides over the last decade. Uh, I think it's clear with how many Canadian players are in the NBA and not only playing in the NBA, but starring in the NBA. So, you know, there's, there's a clear movement of development, great players coming out of Canada. Uh, and I think that there's always been the need for a domestic league and I think the, the structure, the organization, the quality, the standard uh, of the CEBL has filled that void uh, tremendously. There's, there's fantastic potential with the league. Um, again, from my experience, it's so much fun to be involved with. There's really good people. The, the organizations are well run. It's a high standard. It's high quality. And I think, again, it gives young Canadian players a, a chance to dream. I want to be a professional basketball player. I'm going to work on my game. I'm going to, you know, develop myself through different levels of high school and different places. And now there's a stage 
that they can perform and play and have these experiences to develop their career at home in Canada. So the CEBL is, is a great thing. Uh, I'm very impressed. I absolutely have had so many, so much fun and so many great experiences in it. Um, and I'm really excited and looking forward to what we can do in Winnipeg. On the topic of fun, I'm sure most people in this market, if not all people in this market, haven't been to a CEBL game just because it is a new league. There's been COVID for most of it, and they haven't been to Winnipeg yet. What is a game day atmosphere like at a CEBL game? What's it feel like to go to a game? Well, again, you know, there's the excitement of seeing professional basketball, professional athletes, and then there's the the excitement of being able to be close to these guys. You know, maybe there's an autograph session. Uh, maybe there's there's something special going on where you can have a chance to meet one of the players. Um, I think that, you know, when you have that connection with local players and, and people that are there, that just starts it. Uh, every team has a unique game day experience, uh, and this is part of the wonder, wonderful thing of the expansion team. What will the Winnipeg Sea Bears game day experience be like? I can tell you, uh, Jason, the president, and, and David, these guys are really excited about the possibilities. We've got a wonderful home arena, uh, the Canada Life Center, really high standard, high quality. Uh, so I think we'll have the, the options to do some really great things on game day to make it fun for fans, not only watching the, the action on the floor, but seeing what's happening you know, off the floor as well. Mike, I appreciate your time today. Thank you very much for this. Congrats again on the the job, and I'm sure we'll check in again in the springtime when you get to Winnipeg. Thank you very much, Christian. I appreciate it and look forward to meeting you and everyone. Go Bears. That is Mike Taylor, the new head coach and GM of the Winnipeg Bears, who will start play in the Canadian Elite Basketball League when that season begins in the summertime. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this Try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect, which might explain your